0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, July 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Dealmaking has hit a low not seen in more than a decade. Trade talks are stumbling between the UK and the EU, and the business community is starting to worry about the effect this will have on the economy. And the FT has reviewed an internal Wirecard spreadsheet that, for the first time, shows the real business behind the fintech group's facade. Plus, dozens of household brands are temporarily pulling money they were planning to spend on social media advertising. But will this protest oversight's hate speech policies have a lasting effect? The FT's Hannah Murphy will explain. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. One of the longest waves in M&A history has come to an end. In the second quarter, global dealmaking dropped to its lowest level since 2009. Companies have struck just $485 billion worth of deals since the beginning of April. According to Refinitiv, that's less than half of what it was in the same period last year. And dozens of companies that struck deals right before the pandemic have started to get cold feet and are trying to back out. In response to the pandemic, governments issued mandatory shutdowns, which wreaked havoc on financial markets and caused liquidity to dry up. And because of this, companies were more focused on shoring up their existing business and tapping back up credit lines instead of seeking out new acquisitions. One place where dealmaking wasn't hit as hard private equity. The sector has emerged as one of the most active dealmakers of 2020, accounting for 16% of worldwide activity in the first half of the year. P.E. groups are sitting on a record $2.5 trillion of funds committed by investors and are looking to spend. Negotiators for the U.K. and E.U. are meeting in Brussels this week. The hope is that the two sides can agree on their future relationship ahead of the end of the Brexit transition period on December 31st. And British business leaders fear the consequences if they don't. Business is concerned over the lack of progress in EU trade talks, and now more than 100 UK company chiefs, entrepreneurs, and business groups have written to UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The bottom line? These leaders say it would be hugely damaging to the British economy if the UK left the EU without a deal at the end of this year. The letter said that businesses don't have the time or capacity to prepare for big changes in trading rules by the end of 2020. They noted that there's even more pressure given the upheaval caused by coronavirus. The letter called a few things to attention on trade. The signatories want the agreement to uphold common high standards currently applicable on both sides when it comes to things like state aid, social and employment standards, environment, climate change, and tax. Businesses also want products in areas such as pharmaceutical, medical and chemical supplies to flow freely. The letter to the UK Prime Minister was written on a symbolic date, the deadline when the UK could have requested an extension to the transition period with the EU. And returning to the Wirecard story for just a second, the FT has exclusively reviewed a snapshot of the German payments company's clients from 2017. And it appears Wirecard relied on a small number of customers for most of its genuine sales. That's judging by an internal company spreadsheet, which provides fresh evidence indicating that Wirecard misled the market about its scale. Three years ago, Wirecard claimed to serve 33,000 large and medium-sized merchants and 170,000 small businesses. But the internal file the FT reviewed suggests that the customer base was much smaller and far more lopsided. Only 100 companies accounted for more than half of Wirecard's sales in the first half of 2017. Wirecard did not respond to a request for comment sent to it on June 26th. The company filed for insolvency last week. Wirecard has acknowledged that nearly 2 billion euros of cash probably did not exist, and the business that accounted for about half of its reported revenues had been misinterpreted. The advertising boycott against social media platforms such as Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter over hate speech has the potential to extend to the majority of blue-chip advertisers. Big names like Unilever, Verizon, Coca-Cola, and Ford have joined the boycott, and the list is likely to grow, according to a survey by the World Federation of Advertisers. Hannah Murphy, our San Francisco technology correspondent, has more.
1: In June, a consortium of civil rights groups launched a boycott of Facebook under this hashtag Stop Hate for Profit. Um, they were urging advertisers to curb all their spending on Facebook throughout July. And that came after the killing of George Floyd. This sparked kind of anti-racism protests across the US. And as part of that, social media groups have come under extra pressure to better police their content to pro prevent hate groups from stirring up racial tensions, and from stirring up hate more generally.
0: Right, and, and Hannah, you, you and I have talked about the difference in approaches when it comes to Facebook and Twitter, and, and how Mark Zuckerberg has, you know, up until this point, really stuck to his guns on, on not wanting to interfere with content. Uh, I, I want to talk a little more about the advertisers, though, especially when it comes to Facebook It generates more than three-quarters of its revenues from small and medium-sized advertisers, not the top 100 surveyed by the WFA. So how much push do they have, and how damaging are these boycotts going to be for, for the company?
1: So I think the hit to revenues is likely to be fairly negligible, though whilst not ideal for Facebook, unless... This long tail of smaller advertisers that Facebook went after in recent years sort of jumps on board. I think there's more than 150, perhaps moving towards 200. That's out of about 7 million small businesses on Facebook in total. Facebook has come out and said that it's it's not going to make any decisions based on pressure from revenues. But what this really does do is create a huge PR mess for a company that has long been prone to them and was making pretty valiant efforts earlier this year to kind of clean up its act, be a sort of helping hand as the pandemic took hold. So this really sets Facebook back in reputational terms through the creation of so much awareness of the hate speech on the platform, but also it raises political pressure. So I think what the organizers of this campaign are hoping is that this might spur regulators to, to potentially step in and legislate in a space that is currently very, very loosely regulated.
0: Hannah, what are you watching as companies and Facebook go back and forth on advertising and this hate speech issue?
1: I think there's a whole other area that we haven't yet discussed that is relevant to the boycott, which is the advertising industry is also seeking kind of more broad, fundamental changes from the platforms when it comes to the insights and data that they get on how their adverts have fared on the platform, where they've been placed, what they've been placed against. So we've actually seen quite a few advertisers now and some of the agencies calling for Facebook to kind of share more information, share more data, lift the lid on its platform so that they can verify firsthand what exactly is going on because currently it's very much Facebook gathers those analytics and then passes that on. This has been a long-standing issue for advertisers that, that Facebook, as they say, marks its own homework when it comes to third party verification. That's an area where Facebook also this week showed some signs of introducing concessions. They said that they would allow the Media Ratings Council, the US media accreditation agency, to do an audit of how it protects um, advertisers from coming up next to hate speech and also whether it's reporting on this is currently accurate.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. And if you want to get right to our reporting on Wirecard, please visit FT.com slash Wirecard. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
2: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com